Yvonne's going to come and read to us our reading from today. So if you've got your Bibles or switch on your phones and get your app, then you can follow along right now. Thank you. Luke chapter 4, verses 14 to 21. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Thank you very much, Yvonne. Thank you. Do, uh, do keep that passage there with you, and uh, we're going to look through that this morning. We may remember back in uh, January 2022, we introduced our 2022 uh, verse for the year, which was uh, very simply uh, Jesus saying, come and follow me. A very simple invitation uh, that leads to a great adventure. And many of you know that great adventure that uh, you've been on uh, from the moment that Jesus invited you to follow him and you got up and followed him. And it's been an exciting adventure, hasn't it? I've been on this journey for a long time, and uh, it's as exciting now as it ever has been. And uh, perhaps it gets more important as you get older, I don't know. But uh, the opportunity to continue to follow Jesus at every stage of our life. And we explored during the year some of the things that uh, a follower of Jesus, uh, what, what a follower of Jesus looks like as we went through a, a portion of Matthew's gospel to understand some of the teaching of Jesus as he continued to invite people to follow him. And it's been very exciting this year to have conversations with many of you about what, what that's looked like in your life during 2022. The challenges you've faced along the way, the, the moments of growth that you've experienced, the new things that have happened in your life as a result of you following. Jesus onto those places of next adventure and some of you are in the midst of that adventure now where, where life is changing a bit where you're taking different decisions and you're sensing that God is taking you on this new adventure as you continue to follow Jesus and over the lunch table we, we'll have an opportunity just to, to chat to each other to sort of recognize uh, who has made a difference in my life as a follower of Jesus and what has helped me to follow Jesus as well not not just in 2022 but throughout our, our journey so that we can encourage one another and help each other and inspire one another as we continue uh, to follow Jesus. Now, of course, responding to the call of Jesus doesn't stop on the 31st of December 2022. I want to encourage you to continue to follow Jesus and to continue to hear his voice as to what that looks like, a daily response to his call. But for 2023, as uh, the deacons were sort of 
thinking and praying about what, what is the verse for our church for 2023, this verse, Luke chapter 4.19, came very much to the fore in our, in our sensing of what God wants to. And this, this, this verse that says, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so I'm excited by this verse. I, I, I want to see what the Lord's favor looks like in your life in my life, in the life of our church here? How is God going to bless us? And then out of our life of the church, how is God going to bless your workplaces, our communities, your neighbors, your family? What, what is God's favor going to look like in and through our life personally and together as a church as we declare this and continue to declare this truth upon our, our world? Jesus began his ministry with, with incredible power. We read he had the power of the Holy Spirit. And as he continued to teach, we begin to see what the Lord's favor looks like. And so we're going to take a few weeks to continue this Luke story, this Luke's gospel, to look, what does the Lord's favor look through the life of Jesus? What, what impact did, did it have on the people that he ministered to? And so then what, what, what can we do? What, how can we experience the Lord's favor as in that teaching and healing and kingdom building ministry that Jesus very much set out on from this particular launch pad in the synagogue on that particular day? Now we spent a a fair time over Advent and Christmas looking at, at the whole of the Christmas story. And if you've sort of filled in the gaps between Christmas and this moment of Jesus, Luke says, about 30 years old, moving into the, the temple there to declare this, then we see various different bits of this story unfolding. Uh, we, we looked last week at, at Simeon and Anna, who, when Jesus was eight days old, he was taken into the temple for the, 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 the circumcision ritual. We then read how 33 days later, Joseph and Mary went to the temple for the purification rites, as was commanded by the Lord. And there was Simeon and Anna, who declared these incredible truths over who Jesus was. And then Luke sort of gives us a little sort of insight into what happened in those intervening years. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 51, he says this, Then he went down to Nazareth with them, with Mary and Joseph, and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in the favor of God and man. There's that word again. In the favor of God and, the, and man. And so this idea of favor begins to build up in the life of Jesus. We don't get a glimpse of what happens from that moment until uh, we hear John the Baptist coming on the scene, until Jesus gets baptized, until Luke gives us a bit of a genealogy of Jesus in chapter 3. And then Jesus goes into the wilderness to sort of form this, this beginning of his ministry. And Luke gives us the account at the beginning of chapter 4. And then what happens, well, as Yvonne read to us earlier, verse 14... Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. This was the beginning. This was the lights, camera, action moment. This was the, the stirring music beginning to build up for the great beginning of what Jesus had come to do. And here in that temple on that particular day, he declares what it is to proclaim the Lord's favor. That is his mission. That's why he's come. That's what all this has been about in the build-up. That's what his time in the wilderness was about. Now he's come to proclaim the Lord's favor. And I believe he's entrusted that same message upon us. It's not complicated to talk about it, but 
how do we how do we do that how do we proclaim the year of the lord's favor the time of the lord's favor for today in 2023 what's that going to look like in our lives as well so i've got three things for you you wouldn't expect any and they all start with the same letter is that okay I've worked hard this week. F. They all start with F. I thought F was a good letter. Do you like F? Do you like the letter F? Yeah? Is that okay? We're happy with F? Well, I've got three Fs. And if you've got a pen, you, you, you can write them down on the back of your card because it's nice and blank there. So if you've got a pen, you might want to write them down because uh, you might want to revisit these later on. So how can we know the Lord's favor in our lives? Let's start there today, shall we? Firstly, follow the vision of transformation. Follow the vision of transformation. Here's Jesus in verses 18 to 19. He's declaring what is going to happen through his ministry. This vision of transformation. Now the thing is, the people who were listening that day would have known these words really well. I mean, they come from the prophet Isaiah. They would have known them so well, dare I say, like the back of their hand. These were the people who'd studied the, 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 the Old Testament prophets. They'd studied what God had said in the past. They knew as soon as he opened his mouth to say, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, they would have been able to fill in the gaps. These were so familiar to them, all those who were listening. But I wonder if on that day, despite the fact they'd heard these words many times before, I wonder if on that day they began to think, you know what, this could be true. This could be happening right now. In all this waiting for this prophecy to be fulfilled, I wonder if this is the moment when God is going to fulfill the promise he's made. Because if you've been listening to the same scriptures year after year after year and nothing has changed, and in this case it would have been hundreds of years for generation after generation, you begin to sort of get dull to the truth of what God wants to do. You're praying and praying and praying for something to happen and nothing happens. The next time you pray for it, it begins to, you begin to think, is this ever going to happen? And that crowd there would have heard it. Would they be in that place of thinking, you know what, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. But as Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit from the wilderness and he speaks these words from the prophet Isaiah, I wonder if, This was the day when they said, you know what, we're going to follow this vision of transformation. And maybe in our lives as well, maybe we get dull to what God has promised us. And maybe we get on the back foot a bit, or maybe we we stop listening when all the time he's inviting us time and time again, follow this vision of transformation. And maybe right at the beginning of this year, of 2023, as we begin this journey together in this calendar year, I wonder if today is the day for you to begin to follow again and to grab hold of the promises that Jesus has made to you. Yeah, this vision is about God renewing the details of people's lives the things that are going on in people's lives, God wants to renew the details. Sometimes we think he's got so much going on with the big things, he's not interested in the small things in our life. This tells me that he is definitely interested in transformation in your life as well, and in my life. Healing, the whole of creation. Remember right at the very end of the Bible in Revelation, the great vision that John declares for us, the words of Jesus that he writes in Revelation 21 verse 5, see, I am making 
all things new. Not just some things, all things new. And I know that's a, a, a revelation for the future, but you know what? It's happening now. It's not all, we don't have to wait for it all then. It's happening now. And it happens in the lives of people like you and me. That's the beauty of what God wants to do as he brings this transformation into the lives of individuals because he's come to proclaim good news to those who are poor. Not just poor financially, but poor relationally, poor, poor in spirit. He's come to make a difference now, recovery of sight for those who are blind. Set the oppressed free. You know what? There's something that God wants to do in our lives. And Jesus wants us to hear this again. This is a work of transformation. Follow that vision. Live in the light of that vision. You know, before Jesus declared this vision, perhaps there's something else we need to understand. Because at his baptism, he heard a voice come from heaven. And that voice said, Luke chapter 3, verse 22, the voice said, You are my son, whom I love. And with you, I am well pleased. And I think he wants to speak that same word over those who follow him. You're my son and you're my daughter, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. That's the starting point for your relationship with the Father. He didn't need you to prove anything. That's the starting point. And that is where our solid foundation comes for this transformation that follows. Because when you know you're loved, then you can have confidence to know that his call on your life is real and true. What I love about these few verses that Jesus read It's about this transformation. And Jesus would reframe these words time and time again in his own ministry. Time and time again, he would want to lift people's eyes to what God is doing beyond the ordinary and the momentary that they were experiencing. You you remember that in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, I've come to bring you life in all its fullness. This isn't half-hearted. This is life in all its fullness. This is the transformation. Do you remember when he, when he was at the wedding in Cana and, he, and the wine had run out and he asked the, the servants to fill these big earthenware jars with just ordinary water and as soon as they started pouring them out again, it became the best wine of the day. This is a God of abundance. This is a God who takes the ordinary and transforms it into the best wine of the day, who takes a life that maybe doesn't feel like there's a future and he moves it towards something that he's longing for people to grab hold of. He has more than enough. The five loaves and the two fish, they fed 5,000 and more, and still there was enough left over. It's a God of abundance who brings transformation. And the Lord's favor plays out in very practical ways if we will take hold of this and follow this clear vision that he has given for us to grab hold of. I wonder if that could happen in your life. I wonder if you would dare to follow this vision of transformation. You know, we're bombarded in our world with so many visions, so many ways, so many directions. We have a marketplace of ideas. We have arguments. We have temptations. We listen to opinion formers and internet influencers and false prophets. 
we have an offer constantly of quick fixes and fleeting fads and many fading philosophies. See how many Fs I got in there? I hope you were counting. <laughs> there was a PH in there as well, by the way. But anyway, apart from that, I hope you noticed that. But throughout all these voices, the one that cuts through is the voice of Jesus. And this vision of transformation that he invites us still to follow. What a message we've got to proclaim. What a message, what a story we have to tell as we too take up this offer of Jesus and experience it and share it. You know, I can be miserable sometimes. Can I confess that to you? I was miserable this week. Can I tell you that? I was just sat down, I had a long day at work, you know, a long day of working, lots of things going on. Sat down in my lounge, flicked on the telly as you do. And uh, opposite our front of our house, there's a play park, you know, which the developers in their wisdom decided to go outside our house. And it's lovely, really, because it means there's no houses there. And as I sat down just for a bit of rest, all I could hear were kids screaming and shrieking. Do you know what that's like when you're feeling tired? Uh, actually, you do, because you've been, many of you have been parents. <laughs> and you know what my first feeling was? Oh, shut up, please. Shut up. I've just sat down after a long day's work. Don't you realize that? And then there was a little whisper. It wasn't Kerry. It was the Holy Spirit, by the way. But. And then I thought to myself, oh, for goodness sake. These kids have been sat in a classroom all day. What have they been told to do all day? Sit still and be quiet. They've gone home after school, and what have their parents said to them? Sit down and be quiet. They've gone outside into the open air, and they've been able to scream and shriek and have so much fun. And a grumpy old neighbor was almost going to get up and tell them to shut up. They were ready to burst out with praise because they'd felt so restricted all day. They'd felt pressed down and, 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 and they'd felt it was unfair and they'd got outside and they had burst out with praise. Maybe on that day I was just jealous of their joy. Do you know when other people enjoy life and it's not going so well for you? And I was halfway through preparing and suddenly I realized, you know what? This vision is a vision of transformation that Jesus has given us. It's time to be bursting out with praise to allowing the Father to, to fill us to such an extent that we do shriek with joy. I'm not, I'm not advocating screaming and, and not too much shrieking. But you understand, to burst out with praise and joy and to enjoy the life that he's given because it is transformation. You know, the psalmist says, Psalm 16, verse 11, in his presence there is fullness of joy. And I long for that same fullness that Jesus declared for us to live, fulfilled in a person. And so let's explore what that looks like and let's experience what that feels like in our lives. So that was a long first point. I'm really sorry, but you get it now. Follow the vision of transformation. Secondly, this is a shorter point. Fix your attention on the inspiration. Oh, man, I've been working hard this week. Fix your intention your attention on the inspiration. 
When Jesus rolled up the scroll and sat down, what did Luke say? The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. They couldn't take their eyes off him because they realized that something significant was happening in this moment. Imagine if we, imagine if, if me, you and me, imagine if we could be part of helping someone begin to fix their eyes on Jesus. We share this vision of transformation as we proclaim God's favor, pointing to the one who brings it, the one who has this favor to give. To look fixedly, gaze at Jesus, to be fully occupied by him. Can you imagine the difference it would make if we were fully occupied by him? It's not about going into some sort of monastery or some sort of cave. This is about living a real life where you are, but keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. There's far too much to distract us, and I I talked a little bit about that at the 9.30 last week. Things we need, things we have to do, things we have to give our attention to every day. And of course we do. There are lots of things to give our attention to. But what difference could it make to life if we firstly fix our eyes on Jesus. We fasten our attention on him. What would begin to happen to the concerns and the anxieties that we have? To the worries about the worries that we don't have anything to worry about? What can happen to them if we lift our eyes and fix our attention on him? And this year, to be the year of the Lord's favor, then please fix your eyes on Jesus. That's the, he's the source of abundant blessing. He's the, the source of, of transformation. He's the source of, of changing a life. So fix your eyes on him, whatever you're going through. When you're having to go to that hospital appointment, fix your eyes on Jesus first. When you're having to face a difficult conversation at work, fix your eyes on Jesus first. When you're not feeling great and you know that your health isn't great, fix your eyes on Jesus first. He's the inspiration for what happens next in our lives. Told you that was short, didn't I? My third one, find the place of restoration. What is the year of the Lord's favor? What is this favor that Jesus announced? What is this Old Testament image of favor? Well, we have to go back to the book that nobody wants to read. In fact, most of us wish it wasn't in the Bible, the book of Leviticus. I know some of you love it. And you read it every day and you memorize it and you write it and you pin it up on your mirror. And also, I know that, but most people, Leviticus isn't their favorite book. But in Leviticus 25, we get an idea as to what this year of the Lord's favor was going to look like. So we get the Sabbath day, which is every seven days. We get a sabbatical every seven years, which reminds me. And in the sabbatical, if you read in Leviticus 25, the land has a rest. There's no planting. There's just a rest. It it allows to recover. People would only harvest what the land produces. They wouldn't get anything else. You you get what you're given, basically, on sabbatical year. And then Leviticus 25, verse 8, this is where it is. It says this, count seven Sabbath years. All right on the maths? Yeah, 49, okay, seven sevens. Then sound the trumpet, the shofar, the the ram's horn, and so begins the year of jubilee, the year of the Lord's favor. That's when it starts, the year of the Lord's favor. And this is what Leviticus tells us happens on this year. 
49th year, some people might say 50th year, but on this, on this seven times seven, on this year of jubilee, on the year of the Lord's favor, God inaugurates a year when everyone goes back to their own property. When you get back your, the property you own, when debts are forgiven, when debts are canceled completely, and those who are held captive by debt are released, and everything and everyone is redeemed, set free, ready to start again. It's like the biggest reset that anyone could ever know. It restores everything back to where it came from. It restores every person back to where they started. The year of Jubilee. And if you read Isaiah chapter 61, you'll see Isaiah saying, this is about restoration, it's about renewal, it's about rebuilding, it's about rediscovering. God is saying, I want you to trust me. I want you to give back everything that you have. I want you to give it back to me. And then in Leviticus 25 verse 21, this is what God says. When you do this, I will send you such a blessing if you will trust me and do this. So that the brokenhearted are healed. So that those feeling held back from the past are set free. So that those living in darkness are brought into the light. So that those who mourn are comforted. And where people do begin to shriek with joy and praise. A complete restoration back to where it first began. That is the year of the Lord's favor. Where people have an opportunity to be restored. Now the Jubilee year was always a hope rather than a practice. I understand it never happened until, until Jesus came and he stood up and he read from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This was now that year of Jubilee. This was the opportunity for restoration, for people to go back to how it all started. And what does that mean for you and me? Where did it all start for us? <laughs> Way back in Genesis, didn't it? Way back in a garden, it started. And God is saying to us, this year of Jubilee can be the rest restoration of the relationship that we once had. The perfect relationship where we get to start all over again. You know, I'm not very good with computers, but I understand that in a computer you have a restore point. Do you still have them in computers? Where if you've made a right mess of everything, you can tell the computer to go back to a particular point where everything was good once. <laughs> and it recovers itself. And all the mess you've made, suddenly it's all gone. And it all starts all over again. Isn't that a beautiful thought? That's what God does to us. He has a point and says, why don't you come back to there and let's start again. Let's restore this relationship that we once had. You know, because that's God's plan. In, in Acts chapter 3 and verse 21, when Peter stood up and gave one of his many great sermons, he says God's plan is to restore everything back to himself. To return it back to its proper owner. 
to bring something back to an earlier or better condition, to give someone new strength, to leave a person in a much better condition than when they started. That's the sort of business God is in. That's what his favor can look like in our lives, in the life of the people that we know, in our community as well, as we take up the challenge to proclaim, you know what, this is the year of the Lord's favor. This is a year when, when you can catch a vision of transformation and you can follow that vision. This is a year when you can fix your eyes on the person who is the most inspiring person in the world and that is Jesus and you can fix your eyes on him. And you, know, you can also find a place of rest- restoration as well where you can begin again. A fresh start, a clean start if you will trust him to come and fill your life. Don't settle for life as it is today. There's a real life to grab hold of, to respond to, that Jesus declares. But do expect God's favor to rest on you because you're loved. Don't settle for enough. God has more to give you than you've yet received. And do expect God's power to be his gift to all who ask. That's the jubilee sort of life. That, that's the year of the Lord's favor. That's what I think it can begin to look like for us. It's what Jesus declared. And it's what we can accept from him today. You know, God wants you to know his blessing. He longs for you to know his favor. And you can know that. The psalmist cries out, Psalm 51, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Restore it today. May today be a start and a new beginning as we launch into this year to know all that he has to give and his favor to rest on you.